Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. I am Bo, Johnny on the other end. Uh, Johnny, why are we playing Rutgers again? <laughs> Can you tell me what in the hell we're doing? I, I know that there was a reason. This was one of the, um, we probably have this conversation every year at this time, and maybe, it, I don't know. I, this was a big boilerplate when I was uh, doing my original 97.1 fan show with Anthony Rothman, and this was at the time of conference expansion and uh, at that time, Texas had gone rogue and they were, you know, they basically split. Which they were thinking about splitting from the Big 12 entirely and going independent. Um, at that time, Notre Dame was kind of in play as well. And the SEC had had poached Texas A&M. The SEC was aggressive and they grabbed Texas A&M and they grabbed Missouri right away. And at, at the time of, of the Big Ten's expansion, it was to me, it was very reactionary that they added Maryland and Rutgers. And, and I was told by people who get paid a lot more than I have or probably ever will, namely the athletic director at Ohio State, that um, that that this that I was naive in thinking that that how good Rutgers was at football at that point would dictate where Rutgers would be at football five years from now and 10 years from go, to which point I said, well, Mr. Smith, with all due respect, I think you're being naive to think that we're <laughs> going to consume cable the exact same way 10 years from now. And yeah. then that was the last time Gene Smith was on a show with us. And I, I like Gene, but and he was walking the company line. I get it. But this was about cable buy and they they lined their pockets for a few years. But there is nothing that Rutgers brings to the table. Nothing from an athletic standpoint. There's nothing from a conference standpoint. Um, it, it has done nothing to bolster the reputation of the Big Ten in any way. And and we see uh, a Big Ten opener against a clown show again. I mean, what's the last three times they've played like 167 to three or something like that? Yeah, so, yeah. They blew the they blew the three game shutout. It's really a shame. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's kind just of an embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I mean, at least we got jokes, right? You know, we can make a bunch of Godfather jokes. It allows jokes. me to reference the Sopranos and Jackie April. That's yeah. about all it can do for me. Is it, once a year, I can bring up Jackie April Jr. And how all Tony wanted him to do was to go to Rutgers. <laughs> that's all he <laughs> that's a, And Bruce brings it. You know, we can we can make a bunch of New Jersey jokes. So that's, that's that. Uh, I don't, you know, and it's, we don't get the same kind of, I guess, joking pleasure from maryland so i don't well at least that, though, maryland brings something from the basketball standpoint and yeah and they're good at some of the non-traditional sports you know like they're very good at lacrosse they're very good at although i don't even know if we have i don't know if we're even with them in lacrosse i have no idea but uh, i don't care that much about lacrosse but i think they're good in some of the non-traditional <laughs> sports and they're they're really good at basketball so at least that yeah, there's something that maryland brings to the table and at least it's like um I don't know. Maryland, at least again, Maryland feels like an ACC school to me and Rutgers feels like a big East school to me. And I don't know if that'll ever change. And at the time of conference expansion, the, the frustrating thing was, is there were big schools at play. Uh, Oklahoma was in play. Oklahoma State was in play. Kansas was in play. Missouri was in play. And you had an opportunity, I think, to grab a bunch of big state U's that, that would have fit your brand and would have bolstered your football and your basketball. And instead, uh, we settled on Rutgers, so I guess I guess we'll just have to deal with I it. Just, make jokes. I want to know. It does make for a nice road trip, though. I mean, it'll, yeah, you know, it's nice to go to New York City. Sure, but I want to know how much that Rutgers have actually, you know, bolstered the Big Ten revenues, and just with the, you know, because that was the claim, obviously, that it's the it's the market and everything like that. Like, how much does that market really care about Big Ten football, and how much does that translate well, into actual dollars? Because that's, I mean, look, of, if Rutgers is a garbage team, and I don't, you know, enjoy necessarily watching Ohio State just annihilate them every single year because I have no connection with Rutgers whatsoever but on the other hand if they're making the Big Ten an extra 100 million dollars a year then I don't you know in the short they, term they're cool with it so I don't I don't know how much financially they actually impact the Big Ten 
Well, I think in the short term, they've, they've done quite well because yeah. the way that the cable buy worked, as I understand it initially, was that because Rutgers was in the Big Ten market, the Big Ten network could charge a higher rate in that market for the BTN. Mm -hmm. And at that time, BTN was on on all those cable providers in that area and they were being charged a higher rate. Now, BTN may still be on some of those cable providers in that area, but they're not being charged the same rate they were initially because the demand's not there for it. Right. Um, and so that that has come back to earth. And, and my argument was always, instead of worrying about making, even if it's an extra couple hundred million dollars in the first 10 years of this thing, because you've added Rutgers, over the course of 20, 30 years, what in the hell is the point of Evan Rutgers? Like when we get to a point where you dial up and you say, I'm going to pay $9.99 to watch Ohio State football this week. And that's where we're headed. Because mm -hmm. you're going to pay a la carte. You're going to buy games that you want. Or maybe it's $59.99 or whatever you're willing to pay to watch Ohio State play football. That's yeah. where we're headed. When you're at that point, then what good is Rutgers? Oh, well, no. Like they, then they, have been, no yeah, you, they have no value. Yeah, you would have been better off adding a football product. That's what the SEC did. Like the SEC added Texas A&M. So now right. you get all of Texas. And you get a good football product that fits your model. You know, we, we well, gain nothing from Rutgers. It, the, the, the sarcastic answer to that is Rutgers 100% fits the Big Ten's model uh, as far as like half the conference goes. I mean, that's the, the yeah. it fits the profile. I mean, it's not, you know, it's embarrassing. but um, it's just, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work as it should. And it's, you know, you would like to see Rutgers be kind of like an underdog, like almost like I remember when Fresno state was good for about two or three seasons and yeah, like, oh, kind of, yeah, I was like, that's kind of kick ass. And then, you know, it, it stopped being cool, but it, it would be nice to see Rutgers achieve that kind of notoriety, I guess, maybe as like <laughs> one of those French punk schools, but I don't, you know, that's not going to happen. So in the big 10 East, yeah. Well, not likely. Big Ten East, Big Ten East, the 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 most punk rebel conference in uh, college football. I mean, it's pretty filled with you know just a bunch of renegades, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. There, there's just no. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, we played them, and, and <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins just spun it. I mean, just he's yeah. beautiful. He's just beautiful to watch. He's he's. Uh, it's funny. I I thought it was he he played. I watched so much football this weekend and I've come away like I can't worry about what Ohio State does against Rutgers because it's just silly so what I try to do is I compare I think there's three teams that are better than the rest from a talent standpoint Ohio State Alabama and Clemson mm -hmm. so I, if Alabama's on I try to watch it they were on I think the same time as us so I didn't see much of that game this week they played some scrub team but Clemson was on late and so I watched pretty much all of the Clemson Texas A&M game and and the one difference that Alabama and Ohio State have right now, the one advantage they have over Clemson is because of who is playing quarterback for them. And the stories of Tua and, and Dwayne are pretty similar in that there was all of, always whispers even last year that they should have been playing instead of the guys who were playing. But the right. difference is Tua actually got to play in the national championship game and delivered and delivered a national championship. Dwayne didn't, but now both of them are getting to play and both of the fan bases are going, my God, why didn't you play them sooner? Uh, fair or not, that, that's, the, that's the feeling. And, and there are no, both of those teams, because of the abilities of Tua Tonga-Viola and Dwayne Haskins, they have no holes. And the ceiling for their offenses, there isn't one. This, is, this has the potential to be as good a Ohio State offense as we've ever seen. Because of his arm strength, his quick release, and his vision, there's and the rest of the talent on the on the offensive roster. Johnny, there's literally nothing that Ohio State can't do offensively. And we we saw it again on Saturday. Oh yeah. No, I mean the thing about Dwayne Haskins is, is that even against crappy defenses or mediocre competition, just his 
ability mechanically physically mentally all this other stuff you can just see the fact that the guy is unbelievably polished for a guy who has not played a ton of college football and i i mean i think he's gone after this season just because it's it's clear that he is a really polished product and it's it's really fun to watch i mean the guy had an unbelievable game one of my favorite stats from saturday was the fact that the uh the two most accurate games for Ohio state quarterbacks in Ohio state history or two of the most, I guess of the top three uh, happened uh, on Saturday between Tate Martell and Dwayne Haskins. He can make every throw. He's incredibly good at, uh, you know, looking for the open man, being patient enough to watch routes develop. There are tons of (laughs) plays where I'm like, all right, that would have been a four yard game last year where he just, waits for it and waits for it. And Austin Mack all of a sudden comes, you know, open on the sideline and he throws it for 12 yards. So I just, I haven't had a feeling like that. I think maybe since even like, you know, Troy Smith, where it was like, okay, it's third and 18. We're going to hit it. You know, like that's, so I just mechanically, physically, everything. I mean, he's going to have some up and downs this year, but it's clear that the guy's a star in the making. It's really, really fun to watch him play football. Yeah, that, it's funny. James and I last week on our show said um, we were talking about him as a as a Heisman candidate, and I said I said, oh, he will be one if by the end of September, if they're five and zero, oh, he'll be one oh, because yeah. of the way they're playing offense and the schedule. I mean, they get a primetime game this week against TT, TCU, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and then they have another one with Penn State at the end of the month, and you, and you say to yourself, he will be. It'll be him and two will be front runners by the end of the month if yeah. if, if this keeps on going the way that it's going. So. This is a lot coming at him fast. You brought up something when you said he looks like a one and done. He does to me too. And Martell was asked after the game, um, is is the plan kind of be that Dwayne's going to be here one year? And he got a big smile on his face as if, uh, well, I'm coming next. And I, I just said to myself, can I just get two years of this offense? Like oh. I like Tate Martell a lot, but can we just get two years <laughs> of a quarterback who stands in the damn pocket and doesn't run and just spins it. Like, just get me two years of Dwayne Haskins. But I think your point is well made. I don't think we are. I, I don't know. It's two games. It's against mostly garbage competition. But I, I don't know of another quarterback in college football that looks the way he looks throwing it and that has his size and arm strength and and his decisiveness. Um, he just knows what he's doing with the football. Yeah, it's, and it's just- NFL scouts are going to love him as this year goes along. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the NFL scouts, they mentioned before the Rutgers game how many people were there just to watch. And I'm like, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of NFL prospects on Rutgers that they're really trying to check out. They're probably looking at the Ohio State defensive line. They're looking at Dwayne Haskins. And he, both of those you know, units put on a huge show. The defensive line was unbelievably insane. Uh, it's funny because on our Slack, you know, on 11 Warriors, we keep talking about how Joey Bosa is probably the best uh, defensive player in the country. And I mean, I don't, I think you've got to have more of a season to kind of prove that. But after two games, I would say that that's not a bad take. So I, they've got well, some Joey, players in terms of talent. I voted in Dominican suit number one for the Heisman. He finished second or third. Good for you, by uh, the way. Good for you for doing that because you, you should know. have voted for him. I'm glad you did I that. I don't know who I don't I can't even remember who I was who won it that year. It doesn't but, matter. Uh, he deserved I, it that year. He I voted it. him number one. I also voted Manti Teo the year that uh 
Johnny Manziel, I voted him number one. I just thought he was great in big games, had a bunch of big plays that saved their butts. And and I, I'm happy to say that one aged well. I got a lot of yeah. crap for it at the time, but that one actually aged well, as you've seen what's happened to Johnny Manziel and Teo's still in the league, yeah. uh, playing at a decent level. Um, I'll tell you what, if Joey or if Nick Bosa rather can keep this up, this pace, and if he if he were if he gets to the point where he's taught when you're talking about 15, 16 sacks, Chase. They're going to get a lot of at-bats. I mean, there's not quite the rotation at defensive end as there was the last couple of years. So they're going to get a lot of at-bats. So if he gets to be 15, 16 sacks, fumble recoveries, tackles for losses, he he will have a chance. I mean, the one thing about Ohio State's schedule, you talk about TCU and then Penn State, and then you got a little bit of a doldrums. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of buzz for them early and then big buzz late if Michigan can take care of their business and win some games. And that looks like an impressive game at the end of the year. And then if you get a Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, uh, Nick's going to have a, a real chance. Uh, he's not going to win it because most people aren't going to vote for defensive players, but, um, there will be some of us who, who watch closely, who he'll get, he'll get some attention if he, if he plays, if he plays to this standard on the big stage the next few times, next few times out. Yeah. The problem is, is that you got to play opposite Dwayne Haskins. And if Dwayne continues to put up insane passing numbers, right. then gonna overshadow that but yeah i i love watching a defensive guy like that ball out at just every single snap is a threat for a sack and if not from him then from chase young and if that doesn't you know if it's it's a run up the middle bob landers is going to destroy somebody the defensive line is just unbelievably good and i was a little bit worried about the uh per, you know projections of youth youthful talent you know inexperienced talent but clearly those were unfounded because they are the strength of the team and it's really really like i just i like seeing a team that knows what it's good at and then does what it's good at i don't care that yeah. ohio state didn't have a good running game against Rutgers. i really don't because it didn't matter and i, I like no. I, I mentioned this on twitter competitive balance especially in terms of like you know, football and stuff. If you can pass for 500 yards and win by eight touchdowns, who cares if you only ran for like 20 yards? It does not matter. You just got to win and look good. And they are maximizing their talent in ways that you didn't feel like they did the past couple seasons. And I, I just love watching this offense and this team in general play to its strengths. And that's great football to watch. That's where I'm at. So I, yeah, Tate, I mean, it has nothing you know. to do with Tate. It's got nothing to do with Tate. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's fine, but I, I'm not, I am not, I would love to do two years of this, like yeah. just a, a oh, quarterback yeah. stand and spin it. Um, all right. Coming up a little bit later, we've got our three keys to a high state victory against TCU. We'll go around the NCAA a little bit around the big 10, another rough weekend for the big 10. And yeah. then uh, still to come also ask us anything before we get to that though. You know, Johnny, people ask me all the time for advice. I, I must have a face for it. Usually though, it's about whiskey or it's about what team to bet on this week. The truth is I do know my whiskey, but I don't know who he's going to win all the time. But if you think that you do, you got to check out mybookie.com. Remember when you're betting on, it's just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell folks to bet with mybookie.com. Trust my guys. They are the best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy to use. Join now and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. You'd pro use promo code 11 to activate the offer. Visit mybookie online today. That's mybookie. And don't forget to use the promo code 11 when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with mybookie. All right, let's talk about this one. We've got Ohio State, we've got TCU, we've got Jerry World. It's a neutral site, but I, I think it truly will be. I mean, even though it's about, I don't know, it's probably about Dallas-Fort Worth is so big. Like everything's 
an hour away, and it's all considered the Metroplex. Um, right. but, it, but it's at Jerry World. I think it's about 45 minutes from Fort Worth, 35, 45 minutes from Fort Worth out there, I think, if my memory serves. Um, and But I do think it'll be mostly – I think Ohio State will win the the crowd battle, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people are going to want to go down there. I think it'll be fun for people to go at a, you know, quote-unquote neutral site in a venue like that where Ohio State – Obviously, has had a lot of success late recently. Um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a big contingent. I don't know if they'll necessarily have a huge advantage in terms of the crowd, but I think you're going to get a really no. decent Ohio State crowd down there. I think it's going to be pretty pretty close to 50-50, if not a slight Ohio State advantage. Yeah, this is one of those games, and, and college football is headed in this. There's a lot. It's not headed in this way. It's been this way, where this is Advocare who puts their name on it, and right. um, they're like the juice supplement, right? Like you put it in the water they, bottle, I think they do all kinds of stuff. I think they sell like different sports type supplements and whatnot. And people. Can okay. So a lot of different. I remember things. Greg Fry was, I think Greg Fry does it. And I remember one time he was on radio with me. And he, he gave me like a, some sort of a purple thing that I put in a water bottle and uh, it was pretty good. But anyway, Advocare is doing this. They did the Alabama <laughs> game. I think they did another, there was like three games that they've done. They've done one, I think every week. Um, and it's these neutral site games. I, I would rather see these on campus. I, I I understand that both teams love this, and this is a this is close to on campus for TCU. It's a big win for Ohio State because you go into Texas, which is a place you've recruited very well. A lot of those kids get to go home and play in Jerry World. That's a selling point for sure for a lot of those kids to be able to go down there and play, you know, in Jerry World against TCU, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, who are the state the team of record in the state of Texas. Um, so I'm sure it's worked in recruiting the last few years when they're when they're going after kids. I'm sure Jeff Akuda was excited about this. Baron Browning's excited about this. J.K. Dobbins is excited about this to play in Jerry World and and take on TCU. But I would rather see these be home and homes. Um, I'd rather oh, do a yeah. home and home with, with TCU and one on their campus, one on ours is, is God, what I would yeah. rather do with this thing. No, I look. I, I like the the optics. I guess kind of what you mentioned, especially with regards to recruiting. But I hate the idea that especially southern teams are so allergic to home and homes with teams that aren't from the south and it drives me insanely crazy that they are not willing to to make that leap especially early in the year where you can afford to like take a shot um that i mean i liked it when you know lsu i think went up to wisconsin right was that last season and the season before yeah played at limbo yeah that was fantastic and they need more of that but to not to always force a team to like have to go to some big venue in the South or go to Jerry world, which seems to be hosting a lot of these. Now it's to me, it just seems like it's not college football. Like I want a campus thing. I want it to be, uh, you know, you've got to go into enemy territory and it's, it's their house and all that kind of stuff to, to deny fans. That to me seems a little cheap and we can get to that, by the way, a lot of people are getting, you know, I think getting a little bit of nervous sweat on their brow, uh, because of attendance uh, last weekend, but I just, you know, it to me it takes away from the college experience, and I would hope that they encourage more home and home in the future because it's it's more fun. People, that way. Wait, people are panicked about the attendance last weekend. Did I miss something? I don't think people are panicked. I think people are starting to wake up to the fact, though, that that's going to be more common than uh, than people think. Um, I think well, especially. A lot of fans believe that, like you know, Ohio State just had their you know hundred thousand plus streak broken, and I think that's something that a lot of people are starting to wake up to and go, oh, maybe this isn't a guaranteed thing every week when they're paying one hundred and fifteen dollars per ticket and it's raining and things like that. So, oh yeah, I mean, I, I think this week was the perfect storm 
Yeah, it was. Literally. It really was. Uh, not only do you have an actual storm, but you have Rutgers. Uh, it's coming off of Oregon State, which is a, you know, huh, opener. And yep. then, frankly, I mean, we play Tulane in two weeks. And if Urban's not coming back, and I don't know if that'll bring him out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, it might, but I don't I'll know that that's what, something if, that people are going to buy a ticket for. Yeah. I mean, if there's a loss, like if somehow, and then they're not going to lose to TCU, but if there's somehow a loss to TCU, that Tulane game's got a chance to be under 100,000 too. Like this yeah. was, this was always going to happen. You, you can't keep raising ticket prices every year and think that people are going to be okay with it forever right. to watch bad football. You just yeah, can't. No, I think that's, and and I, I think that's never put money it. into the stadium in terms of making everybody's experience better. Yeah. You know, I mean, they still have those steel bleachers everywhere. Um, there's a lot of obstructed views. The bathroom situation is a disaster. I don't know if they've, if they've fixed that in the last year or not. <laughs> they put it, they um, put in portalettes. So that's good. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, you know, like for that price of a ticket, like compare yeah. that to an NFL ticket. Exactly. And look yeah. what you get out of an NFL game in terms of right. incredible Wi-Fi, bucket seats for everybody, plenty of bathrooms, plenty of concessions. Um, you know, eventually this was going to happen. I mean, and it's going to get worse. I think to your point, it will get worse. I just thought that was a given. I'm surprised people are surprised by it. No, I just think people want to believe that maybe not just Ohio State, but big time college sports in general is kind of immune to those things yeah. to a certain extent. And it's, they're not. I mean, they're just obviously not. And, I, you know, it sucks to me because I like to see a full Ohio Stadium, but I also think that they haven't done what they need to do to attract people to the game in terms of comfort and amenities. And the fact that you still don't have Wi-Fi in the stadium that's in any way reliable is ridiculous. It's it's 2018. It's yeah. been available for quite some time now. They they should have made that upgrade amongst many others uh, in the meantime. So would you be you know, open again, to them? Would you be open to them putting like bucket seats? Oh yeah, losing ten thousand seats. Oh yeah, I man. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. In yeah. fact, that's a move I think they should do. I think they should absolutely rip out the bleachers and put in bucket seats. And if that decreases it to like an eighty-five thousand seat state, who cares? Fine. I mean that that en- enhances the experience. Put in Wi-Fi. You know, help out the concourse a little bit. Be a little bit more friendly. Um, I think that's what you have to do. Either that, or you build a new stadium. But I just don't think it's that's sustainable. For having a hundred and five plus thousand people, it's it, you know you'll get it for games like Penn State and Michigan and things like that. But if you're really worried about selling out all the time, then you're going to have to make some drastic changes. Yes. So we'll see if yeah. they do it. Yeah, they have to. I mean, we've come, we're, we're coming so far. The, the stay-at-home product is so great. And yeah. when I mean that, it's not just H four K and HD TV and 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 all of that. It's Wi Fi and it's creature comforts in your own bathroom and parking and all that stuff. That yeah, I mean, it's this is coming. It's coming for us. Nobody's immune to it. Um, and by the way, the the complete opposite of the experience at Ohio Stadium from an aesthetic standpoint is Jerry World, which I don't know if you re- I think I've, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but we did a tour of it when they were down there for the national championship. And the way Jerry designed it, I shouldn't say Jerry. It's not like he was the architect, but whoever designed it designed it, <laughs> commissioned by him. They designed it so you would never theoretically. The theory was you would never have to wait in line for a bathroom or an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, that's fantastic. That, and that's, that there's and enough bathrooms and, right. and things to where on a, however many, whatever the rush would be for a beer or a, or a, or a bathroom, you'd never have to stand in line. Yeah. And that's pretty good. That's the advantage of having something that was built in the two thousands versus something that was literally built in like the 1920s. And you can't, there's only so many structural things that you can do. And I love the idea of Ohio stadium in general. I love the fact that it's a, 
you know, historic landmark. I think that's incredible, but you, you've got to be willing to make some really big changes. That isn't just like a shell on top of the stadium to add more seats. Like you've got to refurbish, redo something uh, to get people going out. Cause you're right. Staying at home, watching on a 55 inch TV and do whatever you want and going to the bathroom. Everyone. I mean, that's pretty sweet. Now, again, I had amazing tickets for the uh, Oregon state game. It was a lot of fun. I still like going to the game, but it's like, I'm not going to go if I got to pay full price. <laughs> like That's basically yeah. it. If I got a buddy who's got tickets or, you know, my wife gets it through work, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go down. It'll be awesome. But, you know, paying 20 bucks for parking and paying through the nose for, you know, food and not having any Wi-Fi while you're there and sitting on bleacher. It's just, you know, it, it doesn't really entice someone to to drop a couple of hundo on a game. So, no. So this one is played at a neutral site. It's at Jerry World. It's against TCU. Uh, I watched a little bit of TCU on Friday, and I was talking with a buddy of mine who uh, does radio down in Houston before that was in the Dallas area. And the quarterback of TCU is a kid named Sean Robinson, and he's a dual-threat player, which is really what most of TCU's guys have been throughout the years. But one thing he told me about, I thought this was interesting, he said he thought in high school, even though Kyler Murray was the much bigger recruit, the standout now at Oklahoma, he thought robinson was the better quarterback than murray Mm -hmm. and and he's off to a nice start and the the big first of all this is a competent team this is this is a pretty good team they're not great uh ohio state's i think a 14 point favorite in this game um so so obviously the 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 heavy idea is that ohio state's going to handle their business and relatively easily but at the same time this is a quality team and a quality program built by gary patterson the right way they've been one of the most interesting builds of the program in the last 20 years and most successful of, of any in college football in terms of what they've become, which is perennially ranked in the top somewhere between five and 20. And that's good. They're parental top 25 team. And this Robinson kid's pretty good and he's got to be dealt with. And the one thing that I think Ohio state could have a little trouble with, if you're looking for ways where this could be more interesting than you want it to be is that in, in this regard, Ohio state plays almost exclusively man defense at corner. Right. And yep. their defensive ends fly upfield uphill and if this kid steps up and everybody's backs turned he's can hurt him and so that you're looking for kryptonite for ohio state that would be the kryptonite that possibly could show up uh on saturday night yeah i agree with that and the other thing that i would point out because i haven't been able to watch too much tcu but one thing that i think is interesting about them is just how much they spread the ball around how many different players get rushing attempts how many players have receptions that's you have to be extremely disciplined when you are playing them, especially defensively, just because, you know, Gary Patterson's a great coach. They know exactly what they're going to do. And you're right. If they get over aggressive, they'll screen them to death. They'll do exactly what, you know, uh, they saw against Oregon state where they, you know, Oregon state took advantage of some uh, over enthusiastic plays, especially from the defensive line and the linebackers. I think they'll be all right uh, in the secondary. I think the cornerbacks will be able to handle TCU's wide receivers, yes. but you know, if you have a situation where Robinson is like, you know, getting out of the pocket and people start ignoring the fact that, a you know, a tight end is, is kind of like coming wide or coming open in the middle. That's the kind of thing that could hurt you a little bit. I think they'll be all right. I, I think Ohio State's offense is good enough to, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> TCU has played what SMU, Southern Methodist at this point and uh, Southern University. So I think Ohio right. State's offense is going to be a shock to TCU in a lot of ways because it, it looks really, really, really good at this point. 
And I actually would, one of the things that I think Ohio State's going to do that maybe people will be surprised about, I think they're really going to go back to the running game and they're going to see what happens with that and, and try to open it up. Because despite the fact that they didn't run for a whole lot against Rutgers, you know, Mike Weber still looked really good. They, you know, J.K. Mm. Dobbins is still really good. I think they're going to try to establish that early. And if they have success, I don't think they'll have a problem just pounding him for the entire game. You know, if they no. don't win by 40, that's fine. But, you know, I think they're cool having a 21 or, you know, 14 point win if it means they controlled the uh, the game the entire time. I think Ohio State feels like they can do whatever they want offensively right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I think I think Ryan Day's got his sea legs. I think Dwayne Haskins is 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And I think they feel like we can do anything we want offensively. You want us to throw it, we can throw it. You want us to run it, we can run it. Just you watch. And this will be an enormous shock to TCU's system. We can talk all we want about Ohio State playing Oregon State and Rutgers, but at least that is Power 5 football that they're playing. Um, I watched SMU. I watched about a quarter and a half of TCU-SMU on Friday, and there's nothing to be – this would be a shocking defeat if somehow t- to me if TCU were able to pull this off. TCU, this Robinson kid's a nice player, but they're, they are nowhere near – the depth of talent and and this should be based on what I've, you've seen from Ohio State this should be a, a situation where Ohio State handles its business um, and it's frankly it's one that's going to look good because it's one of those games you're going to get you think about this from the from a bump from a not only the playoff standpoint but a perception standpoint a recruiting standpoint but also a Heisman standpoint game day is going to be there this is not a great week in college football there, there aren't a lot of great games. There's there's not really much at all. Um, there aren't even that many top 25. There's this one and then LSU-Auburn, I think, are the only two where both teams are ranked in the top 25. It's not a great week in college football. So there is a chance to really dominate the day and 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 handle business going forward. And, and I think um, I'm optimistic that Ohio State can do that and take full advantage. Yeah, I, I mean, TCU, I think they're, what, 14 now? You know, you get a nice win against them. That's yeah. definitely a resume builder, especially in a Big Ten that has looked a lot weaker than a lot of people were thinking yeah, it's not at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, that's that'll be a nice little marquee win, a nice little feather in your cap, and you can, you know, go around in late November and say, hey, man, that's, you know, TCU might end up being a 10-win team or something like that, and you can use that as a resume builder, especially later on in the year. So I, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I just the the depth, especially uh, Ohio State's defense versus TCU's offense. I, I think they're going to get them into a lot of three and outs, especially as the game wears on, and that's just going to give Ohio State more opportunities to put on more points. So yeah, I you know it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun game to watch. It's a good environment. I am with you. I do wish they were doing home and homes because I think that's more traditionally you know college, but. Uh, it'll be fun nevertheless to watch. And it's the fact that, you know, from going from Oregon State to Rutgers to TCU, it's a hell of a bump in, <laughs> I think, entertainment yeah. and watchability. So I'm, I'm excited for that, too. Yeah, and it'll be. I mean, Jerry World. The, the games look beautiful there. So I mean, right. it'll be it'll be a, it'll be a fun game to watch in that sense. Uh, I want to remind you to be sure to visit Eleven Warriors for dry goods, for shirts, hats, stickers, and more. Drygoods.elevenwarriors.com. Also, don't forget to follow the Eleven Dubcast on Twitter. Rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Let's go around the Big Ten. This is this is brutal. We're off to a brutal start. I can't sugarcoat it for you, kids. <laughs> um, Purdue is zero and two, and the less they lose to Eastern Michigan at home. And uh, not only did they lose, I mean, they get, Eastern Michigan drove down the field and beat them, just drove it. And it's a little lesson to Jeff Brom and anybody who apparently coaches at Purdue nowadays. If you were offered the job at Tennessee for $4 million a year, you take that job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you take that job. You don't stay at Purdue. If it's been a year, if it's been whatever, you can't have the stink of Purdue on you anymore. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you a couple of losses. Northwestern loses to Duke. 
Purdue drops to 0-2, loses to Eastern Michigan. Nebraska loses at home to Colorado in a game that Scott Frost incredibly mismanaged the clock. And yeah. uh, and their quarterback gets hurt, and they're left with a walk-on freshman as the only backup. I mean, how the hell is that possible at Nebraska? And <laughs> and Michigan State loses at Arizona State, which I predicted that they actually exactly that they would lose. Um, this was not a banner weekend. This is two brutal weekends back-to-back for the Big Ten out of the gates. I was surprised that Michigan State lost to Arizona State because I cannot believe – look, and maybe I'm just – I don't know. Maybe I'm – biased or have this is not grounded in reality but i just feel like Irm edwards is kind of like i don't know just kind of sitting and playing you know candy crush on his phone while other people play motivate though yeah i, I mean just, i don't think I feel like offense or defense i think he's selling recruits yeah and i think he can motivate so i, I agree with like that. him i agree with that we used to have him on the radio show matchup like, between you, mark d'antonio and Herm edwards yeah. But you got to feel like one guy has a coaching advantage in that. You, you and do, I, but I think Mark's maybe lost hurt. the program a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this this is a bit of a tailspin for him now. I mean, they almost lost to Utah State in week one. And yeah, last year true. wasn't great. It was not. So, you And know? people thought this would be a rebound year, and it, it clearly is not looking like that. So no. it was – you're right. It was bad. I mean, Nebraska, by the way, Nebraska-Colorado is, is one of those sneaky rivalries that I love. I think that's one of the most underrated rivalries in the country. I love that one between those guys, um, and it's, it's really sad. They're playing again. People forget yeah. about this, but there was a time from about 1988-89 to about 1998, about a 10-year span, where with the exception to Florida State-Miami and maybe Ohio State-Michigan at that time, which was consistently pretty good in the 90s, Mm-hmm. Um, where really I would think maybe even at that time, only Florida State Miami had more implication on the national championship year in and year out than Colorado Nebraska. Um, because Nebraska won three, Colorado won one national championship during that, you know, eight year period there. So you got four national titles out of those two teams. They played the Friday after after Thanksgiving was yeah, the traditional right. meeting uh, when they were both in the, the old big eight. Um, and, uh, and if you think about the, obviously, you know, the talent at Nebraska from obviously, uh, Frazier and Phillips and Scott Frost and all of the talent they had on that defense. And then the Colorado teams had Cordell Stewart and Michael Westbrook and Rashawn Salama won a Heisman and Eric Bieniemy and Darian Hagan and Jeff Gamble. There was a ton of talent in those games and it was yeah. an eight year stretch. And now if you're a, a kid and you don't remember that, it's got to be nuts to think that Colorado was a national power, that Colorado won a national championship, but they did. Um, and and they were. They were a perennial top 10 team from about, I don't know, 88 to 98. It was about a 10-year period where they were there a lot. And then they decided to go to the Pac-12. And when they did, they kind of lost their inroads in recruiting a little bit. Right. And the fact they haven't played Nebraska for a long time. Um, but this was the famous game where um, – I mean, there was a famous game where Colorado crushed, uh, gosh, the Heisman winner from Nebraska, Eric uh, Crouch. Right, Colorado right, beat Eric him Crouch. like a drum, like 60 to 24, and he still won the Heisman. And Nebraska still played for a national championship. Um, that was one of the last years when they were both in the same league. But it was cool for me to just see those two uniforms at it again, you know, to your point, because it was really good for about eight years. Yeah, Colorado is one of my, I would say, if I got a B team, it's probably maybe my D or E team. But mm-hmm. I love their mascot. I love, Ralphie. you know, I, yeah, Ralphie is probably the best mascot in Colorado. Live buffalo. They, they run by. I mean, it's yeah. not like Bevo where he just stands there. Like they yeah, run exactly. with the buffalo. 
They run that thing out there. It could it could knock somebody over. It could you know yes. kill. It could potentially kill a band major. You yes. don't know. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. I like the fact that they run out there in the cowboy gear. They got the you know they got the. Have you been to their campus? On. Say again. Have you been to Boulder? I haven't. I've never been to Colorado, and I've always wanted to. I think that'd be pretty kick ass. I think it'd be sweet. So I was um, going to go to college there, and I stayed in Montana for a girl. Side note: We broke up a month later, so which nice. tells you don't ever don't ever go to college for a girl who's still in high school, you dummy. <laughs> but I did, and um, it all worked out fine, of course. But um, but my dream school was CU, and uh, Boulder is is to me. I, there are few that there. I mean, like Pepperdine's ridiculous, but Boulder is among the most beautiful campuses in the entire country. And are the Flatirons are the Flatirons in Boulder? Is that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I gotta look that up. I always. I mean, we went there as a kid all the time. So I mean, I, I. It's not like a, I don't know what I don't know what you're referring to. But they. Um. But Boulder has um the Folsom Field set up with the Rockies in the shadow of the Rockies. Right. 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 Just spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. And um. Yeah. I mean, it's a place you'd want to go if if you ever visited there. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I I can understand. I had a buddy of mine who graduated from CU who basically um, he took classes Tuesday through Thursday and then Monday and Friday, he just skied like at Aspen and <laughs> Vail. Like, he just skied the other two days. A week, oh, a week. that's awesome. That's yeah. badass. I would love that. Pretty yeah, good, I, yeah. I would love to check that out. Yeah. I just like, yeah, the flat iron, it's the, uh, it's the mountains that kind of like they're, they're right adjacent to Boulder and they're, they're very, these dramatic, they, they look like irons. Like you I know, never knew that was the nickname for them. Irons, I yeah. just, it was, it was just the Rockies. I didn't know there was a name for them. Yeah, they're just the really dramatic sheer uh, cliffs that are just, they look like an iron standing on its side where it's just so straight. I would, yeah, I would love to check that out. So I'm, a, you know, I'm a big fan of Colorado. I've always thought they, you know, had cool uniforms and cool mascot and everything. And I like the idea of Nebraska being good. And I was a little bit too young for the heyday of the, you know, Nebraska Colorado matchup. So I'm, yeah. you know, it's, it's cool that they are, are playing again. It sucks that. You know, it was so mismanaged towards the end of the game. I think that uh, you could say that about a lot of Big Ten games, frankly, last weekend. Yeah. Um, Thank God Penn State looked the part. Thank God. Yeah, they, well, and it took them a little bit, but they once they got going, they they obviously got going and just beat the absolute yeah. hell. And Wisconsin's uh, looked terrible through two weeks. They've looked very average. Yep. Um, they can't throw it. Hornibook can't throw it. And Michigan bounced back a little bit, so I guess we get that going for us, which is nice, but... <laughs> I give them no credit. I want to look. I watched that game because I got to write the uh, Michigan, the threat level Michigan, yeah, uh, post. And I, uh, you know what, Western Michigan's a bad team, and bad. they did what they needed to do. They ran the ball pretty well. Patterson, Shea Patterson was fine. I mean, he didn't really throw it very much, but he was fine. Uh, it's just, it's. I don't know what those games tell anybody. Like that's Nothing. the, thing. you know, if you're. If you're a good team, fine, you're a good team, but no one's really going to know until you play somebody of substance. And Michigan can go out and beat directional schools all they want, and they can go out and they can play, you know, some garbage team that's going to end up with two wins, but that doesn't say anything. So until they actually have to start playing teams, you know, like Penn State or like Ohio State or whoever else is on their schedule that's going to win more than six games, I don't, I'm not impressed. And it's honestly, unless they're beating teams 70 to nothing, it's just not going to happen for me because they didn't have a single prayer against Notre Dame, which is a game that they only lost by seven points. So yeah. it, they got to prove something and it's not going to come against Western Michigan. So no, it's not. 
It certainly is not. All right, time for Ask Us Anything. Do we have any this week? Any of the We do. Uh, if you guys would like to ask us anything, please continue to do so by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. Our first one here, this is from Alvin. He wants to know, uh, what are the best seats? We talked about this, uh, you know, Ohio State. And what are the best seats in the shoe? Is it the 50-yard line on the A-deck, Lock O, middle of the student section, South Sands? Where's the best place to see a game in Ohio Stadium? I would say, well, the press box is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Non-press <laughs> box. I think there are two, two specific places that are foolproof. I hate to even say these out loud. I mean, you, everybody would know about the one. Um, mm-hmm. But the one is the first couple of rows of B-deck. Um, yes. Be- yep. Because you're under, which you're undercover. And so if it rains, snows, sun, whatever, you're undercover and they're great. They're unobstructed and they're they're great. And then the other sneaky one that not many people know about is D-Deck. So D-Deck underneath like 19D, 21D up there, there you're underneath the press box. So you, again, you're covered. Now the only, and you have a, you have an incredible press box view where you see like the whole stadium is, is happening in front of you. They're fantastic seats. Um, and you can see everything and you're protected. My, my whole thing with seats is protect me from the sun early in the season, the rain in the middle of the season and the snow at the end of the season. Right. No, I B deck is the first couple of rows of B deck is a great answer for that. That is, that is in my opinion, really, really the best seats because we had, I mean, I was talking about this. We had really good seats for the Oregon state game, you know, a deck three rows up. I want to be a little bit higher. I, I mean, it was really cool to be that close, but it's really hard to see the entire field that way. Yeah. Um, and if it so, really yeah. had been done. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, yeah, I'm uh yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, first couple rows of B-Deck. I was lucky enough to be in the press box a couple times. That is a hell of a way to watch a game. Yeah. Uh, the free food doesn't hurt, so that <laughs> I enjoyed that quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, bathrooms wherever you want, refreshments, yep. Yep. stats every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other thing I was going to say, people handing you stats on a sheet. I love that. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can just, you know. Uh, you get the, uh, you know, you get the Wi-Fi password. You get the, yeah, it's a pretty the, good deal. The, the live sets. It's, it's pretty sweet. I enjoyed that quite a bit. So we're pampered. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say as a student, I was in the student section for two years and I think that was one year too long. So I, I think people <laughs> should do it. I think people should do it once. I think that's something that you can do as a freshman and have a really great time. And then after that, you're like, okay, I'm going to sit with some like real human beings. And not <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Our next question. Uh, this one's from Bill. He just wants to know, you know, he was, I think, maybe a little bit more geeked about Tate Martell's performance on Saturday than maybe mm-hmm. some of us were, because I think a lot of people are taking it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But he wants to know, let's assume that Dwayne leaves at mm-hmm. the end of the season. Do you think that Tate is a viable starting option in 2019? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think he's like uh, 80% of Braxton Miller. Yeah. Which is good. I'll take that. Which is really good. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he's probably, maybe he could develop into a little better thrower than Braxton. He's not going to be as elusive as Braxton. Nobody ever is. No. Um, I'm trying to think of like a a college quarterback who kind of, he is. Um, He reminds me of some of the guys that you've seen from Northwestern. And again, that's not a knock, but like, you know, some of the dudes who have just been able to make plays with their feet, but also just, wing it from time to time for like 300 yards. I think it'll be better than that, but he just reminds me of some of the guys that they've had in the past who have been able to like, they haven't been running quarterbacks per se, but they've just been really good at extending plays. 
Um, I can see him being like, he's, he's, like a, he's like a, a poor man's Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Kind of right. player. Right. I, think, exactly. I don't think he has the arm Johnny does. That's why I say poor man's. But I mean, I think at his best, that's what he'll be. And I think it's fine. I just think I really like watching a quarterback standing there. <laughs> the so that's really yeah. Cool. Well, it's especially nothing, after nothing a lot of it. years of not seeing that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a breath of fresh air and it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, I got to tell you something, man, like a couple of those throws that Tate stepped into, he was perfect on Saturday. And you could see that this is a guy who has spent a long time figuring out how to play the position of quarterback when you are four foot ten. And I I just appreciate the fact that he has he has figured out ways to compensate for his height, still make the throws. He dumped one over the offensive line and over a linebacker that was jumping. And I was like, all right, this is a dude who understands his limitations and he's still going to be able to kick a little ass. So I had a great line from Baker Mayfield on that. Um, I I do that Cleveland Browns daily show up in Cleveland. And um, we were talking to Baker and and he said, I've always been this height. (laughs) <laughs> and I, and you yeah. never think of it like he, he don't know any other way. Like right. you, you play with what you got. It's not like he's been six, five and now he's six feet. He's always been six feet and Tate's always been this height. So yeah, he understands the angles and you can do it. If you're great, you can do it. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's ask, ask us anything this week, please continue sending those in and uh, yeah, we'll continue answering. All right. Time for three things for a Buckeye win. Number one for me. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I, I just think it's, Ohio State is such an overwhelming favorite in this game, right? But it just comes back to don't let Robinson get going. And and I don't think that they will, but because Ohio State plays so much man defense and because uh, they are so good up front and they will get upfield so fast, don't over-pursue. Keep him in the pocket. I mean, I know they'll have a – I'm sure they'll have a linebacker spy him, but if if TCU is to make this a ball game, that would be the way that they would have to do it. So limit that. Be aware of it. I'm sure that they will be. Yeah, my first one is score early. You got to make sure that you put points on the board ASAP because that will, I think, take a lot of the wind out of a sales of a TCU team that wants to, you know, they want to defend the house. They want to say, okay, this is our city, blah, 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 whatever. And if you put up, you know, 14 quick points in the first maybe 10 minutes of the game, I think that that puts it away, frankly. So I think you got to score early and then you can pretty much just do what you do for the rest of the game and you'll be all right. Number two for me, it's it's Big Dwayne. It's the Dwayne train on a big, big stage. Uh, they're going to have the night of college football to themselves. The LSU-Auburn um, game, I believe, is a 3.30. So they will have the college football attention of the world on them on, on Saturday night. And and I think Dwayne Haskins will flourish in that. And I, I think of the game the Cardale Jones had in that stadium, and I just think the game Ezekiel Elliott had the big players stand out on those big moments. And I think that big stage is going to be one that treats Dwayne Haskins just right. And I I think he's been born for it. And I think he's going to light it up on Saturday. Yeah. My second one actually goes a little bit with my first one. I also think that one of the, and maybe this goes to your point as well, but Ohio state has been really good at scoring really quickly. And they have had drives of like one and a half minutes, two minutes max. And for a lot of these games, and I think if you continue that, if you throw it deep and and maybe seek out guys like Austin Mack and Terry McLaurin, uh, that's going to be a really good way, I think, to sustain um, the rhythm that Dwayne Haskins has had. And you're going to see that kind of highlight real stuff that everybody's expecting. Finally, and you mentioned this, um, I think you, you, we may finally get to see Dobbins and Weber together. I, I think that Ohio State's been preparing for this game, and I think you'll see the kitchen sink thrown, not because they need to, 
but just this is a big game that they've been waiting for. And I think you could see Weber and Dobbins together. I think both of those guys could have a really, really big game. Dobbins could br- really break out. Weber's been running so hard. I think Ohio State, to your point earlier in the show, I think I think they establish right away that you cannot stop us doing this. And I think the fact that Dwayne Haskins can spin at 65 yards, those safeties are another half step back. It leads to just it's just a downhill track there. Um, if you get going, you can get going. And I think both those guys have big, big games on Saturday. That would be a lot of fun. I would love to see those guys in the same backfield yep. or, you know, just I, that would be really fun to watch. I, my third one is I, I want, I'm looking for more sacks, man. Like I want to see, I want to see those guys eat. I want to see, like see Chase Young, who, you know, unfairly was ejected from the game and denied his yeah. three other sacks he was going to get. I want to see these dudes just destroy uh, the TCU offensive line. I think they're going to just do some really good things. I think Robert Landers is one of the most underrated players on the team. I think he is going to just stuff their uh, a lot of their inside run game along with a lot of the other guys on the, on the defensive line. I think the defensive line is just going to have a great game, and I think you're going to see more of the same. I think you're going to see Nick Bosa just completely ball out. And speaking of being on a big stage, it's not just an offensive thing. I mean, if if Nick Bosa wants to solidify himself as the number one pick in the NFL draft next year, this is a good way to start doing that. So, I mean, (laughs) Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones might be paying a little bit of attention if it's in his house. That's all I'm saying. So we'll see how that goes. Let's let's do score predictions really quick. Uh, what, What do you got it on Saturday, buddy? I think, you know, I think score is going to be a little bit down, but I don't think it's they're going to have that hard of a time with the TCU defense. I think you're looking at something like 42 to 10 or 42 to 13. Yeah, I got it like 49, 17, 49, 21, something in that yeah. neck of the woods. So we're, we're I think we both kind of have a similar read on it. It's going to be a fun game to watch, though, either way. And it's tells you where you are as a program that you're playing a real opponent on a Saturday. And Johnny and I both think it's going to be something like 40 to the teens. So <laughs> yeah, we're going to win my third point. No problem. That kind of tells you where, where you are. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week to break it all down, of course. Good stuff out of you, my friend. And we'll talk to you next week. Yep. See you next week.